I talk about her mother-in-law's love affair with my dog. Yes. Bedroom eyes. Bedroom eyes. Yeah. Hungry eyes. Hungry <laughs> <laughs> he probably did have hungry eyes. Maybe she got confused. <laughs> and he always has hungry eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he had skipped, skipped breakfast that day. Oh. So. Oh. It was leg day. <laughs> just imagine. Just doing squats. Just imagine Andy like, do the squats, get down. Hello and welcome to Marginally Significant. Uh, my name is Andrew Smith, and I'm here with Andrew Monroe. Hello. Twyla Wingrove. Hello. And Chris Holden. Yo. And we got the band back together. Yeah, all four and, of us. Uh, we're all four. We've been yeah. like inadvertently taking like turns missing podcasts, so it's actually exciting. We're we're, we're like the Three Musketeers. Because the Plus three musketeers one. were always like there were three musketeers and D'Artagnan, yeah, so, right. so it was actually yeah. four musketeers. It was a it was a misnomer. Who's D'Artagnan in this scenario? Me, I'm the youngest. Uh, okay. yeah. oh, you're not the youngest. I'm not the youngest. No. Oh, that's no. oh, that's right. You and okay, Chris is D'Artagnan then. Uh, <laughs> uh, there you go. I'll take it. All right. Just because we call you Baby Andrew doesn't yeah. mean you're the youngest. Fair point. Um, I am more bald than you, so <laughs> that might be why you thought that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 really just more upset that I got dethroned as the youngest person in the department. Uh, yeah. Isn't well, Jackie younger than you? No, Jackie's older than I am. Oh, this. She's yeah. yeah. All right. So what are we talking yeah. about today? So anyway, um, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about um, our identity. So who we are. Um, so first, we're going to be talking about why we picked our name, um, and then after that, we're going to get into um, kind of our identity as teaching teachers or researchers um, or other, as Twyla might choose. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I think that we were going to start with Twyla because you were the one who came up with a wonderful name of marginally significant. So you get the I don't know, opportunity to say why, like why? I mean, it's a clever name, yes, but why did would, did you want it? Why did we pick it? What does it mean? to you so when we were having discussions about what to name the podcast or even starting the podcast really Mm. we were talking about what kind of gaps there might be in Mm. the academic podcast world and if we could potentially fill one and I felt like the common thread was that we are at a regional comprehensive university and so we um we have demands that are somewhat different from the people who actively have podcasts, or many of the people at least who actively have podcasts in our field in terms of the balance of teaching, research, and service. And I also, we're also at a university that doesn't have a lot of name recognition. And so the reason I tossed it out there was that I was thinking that there, are, and you guys can tell me if you agree with this, but I think that there are times, especially when I first came here, maybe, I think I've... Uh, grown hopefully more mature as I've been here but there were times when I felt a little bit outside the norm like for example going to conferences you have your name tag and you have Appalachian State University on your uh, affiliation and a lot of people don't even know where that university is or yeah. may not have heard it if you should just it. tell them that it's in Appalachian State like, <laughs> it's like a one question <laughs> IQ <laughs> Uh, well, and then often if they've heard of it, it's because of athletics. Yeah, Michigan. <laughs> yes, That's exactly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's. I think it's 
when you go from being trained in an R1 to having a, a tenure track position at a comp, I think that I at least felt a little bit insecure and out of the mainstream. And so that's how I connected the title marginally significant to our endeavor here. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely had that um, thought. Uh, I think we talked about this at a different in a different podcast, though, going to conferences, going to places, always having to, not always, oftentimes having to explain what, you know, App State was, where it was, how big it was. Um, that definitely had a little bit of a, a tinge to it that, um, like you said, I think now I've gotten got used to it. And it's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Um, but definitely in the beginning, I, I had that feeling. Um, but yeah, so I mean, in terms of like the marginally significant, the, the name, I think it's uh, the, like my, why I really liked it. I mean, aside from the obvious, like it's just a funny name because of the, what it means in psychology and how it's kind of like, you know, everybody, not everybody, a lot of people use it, but everybody kind of hates it. Like you shouldn't be doing it. So not say things are marginally significant yet. Oftentimes we would. And so I just think that that's kind of funny. Um, but in terms of like what the, the, what it actually means, I would agree. Yeah. With that, that I had the feeling that, you know, me, I don't want to speak for you guys, but me, um, I kind of in my role in like the area of social psychology or in open science or in whatever it is, um, just being marginally significant, you know, I'm not one of the leaders. I'm not one of the people winning the awards for this or that, you know, most people in social psych don't have, like, I don't have like the name recognition. Um, but uh, you know, still marginally significant a little bit, like, like these voices that we all have do matter a little bit. And, and of course, collectively, then that can, can add up. But it is just kind of, I, I just really kind of resonated with that idea of kind of being on the margins and, and being on kind of the, the, the outskirt. And, and like you said, that kind of went with, well, why are we even doing this podcast? What, what area can we fill? And I think that that was the area that we could fill of having people who um, aren't at, at the front line to, to talk about this mm-hmm. and to see how these things affect us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was just kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I have that much to add to it. I kind of thought about it in terms of representation at, at conferences. Uh, so if you look at the lineup of people who are speaking um, at conferences, um, very few are coming from comprehensive universities. At, but if you look at the representation of people who attend conferences, um, then the the representation for comprehensive universities is, is much larger. So in that sense, I, I thought marginally significant was a really nice title uh, because even though uh, we are a large population in the field, our ability to speak is is relatively muted. Uh, and I also thought about it in terms of sort of open science-y uh, types of things that like marginally significant, as you said, is like sort of on the cusp of things. And, you know, we're sort of dealing with uh, thinking about how to interpret the reliability of results. And so, so I liked that. I liked that plug as well. Yeah. Yeah. After that, I mean, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but after the fact, I didn't think about this at the time, but after the fact, I was thinking that I kind of liked how, you know, when, when a result is marginally significant, you kind of don't entirely know what's happening. Is it like, you know, Oh yeah, maybe if it was more um, highly powered then we would find what what we're looking for. Maybe it's just, you know, it's a fluke. Um, and, And so it's really kind of this, like we're unsure, but then a lot of things that we talk about on here, at least what we're thinking, is like things that we're unsure about. Mm-hmm. That's why we're talking about them. That's right. why we're going through. So it, it kind of 
I don't exemplified that kind of area of uncertainty. Um, again, I think that was a little bit of a stretch of after the fact, but I did did kind of I don't think about that. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo all of that, and I think the only thing I would add is that it gives a little bit of that tinge of like open science and science reform that we sometimes talk about. I know we're not like totally centered on that, but we do often go back to that. So I like the fact that people are now rethinking what it means to be marginally significant and how should we test that, how should we uh, address those sorts of results. So I, I thought it was nice because of that as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Twyla, for coming up with you. Yeah, that was excellent. And, uh, You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome, America. <laughs> <laughs> but it really was. And beyond. Not and just beyond. Yeah. 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 You're welcome, we planet Earth. We yeah. have international listeners, have yeah. thanks yeah. to the international yeah, listeners. Don't be, yeah, don't be American-centric. Yeah. <laughs> but it really was when we were coming up with ideas. Like, we had a, a bunch of, like, ideas that we would throw some out, like, throwing out. And it was like, that's eh, okay. That's okay. But then, like, once you said marginally significant, we really did, like, jump on it pretty quickly. So yeah. Was, yeah, that was good. That's my contribution. Well done. Yeah. Yes. All right, so um, that kind of gets the identity of you know our name, but what I think we're going to spend the most of the time um, talking about is our identity. I don't know, our how do you say like our a- academic identity, maybe? Yeah. Because uh, you, yeah. I mean, again, I guess everything revolves around you uh, this episode. As um, usual. Yeah, as, as, <laughs> as it should. Um, because yeah, you kind of had the the question posed to you really of you know how do you identify? So yeah, how did that come about? So, I mean, I had had this question in the back of my mind for a while, but uh, last month when I was at a conference, I was talking to a former student who just started her uh, a tenure track position. So she just this past year defended her dissertation and took an assistant professor position. And so she is really thinking, she's mindfully processing what it means to get into a, um, a regional university. So similar to us. And so we were just sort of hashing it out and at some point during our conversation she asked me I can't remember the exact phrasing but basically how do I define myself and my role in the academy mm-hmm. which I was thought was a really interesting question and it took me off guard for a second because I don't think we stop and think about it very much so when I think about it if I can just dive into my yeah, answer no. <laughs> when I think about it um I was definitely trained during my PhD training to think of myself as a researcher of X. So my identity was a researcher. Um, And I think there was a little more flexibility in my program because it was a dual degree law psychology program. So we certainly were going, we were with people who had uh, in cohorts that had some applied expectations for their jobs and not everyone wanted to be an academic. But even so, the mainstream um, training was to think of yourself as a researcher. And then I started thinking, because I still have that residue, right? I still like have this knee-jerk reaction to define myself by my research interests. But I was thinking about it. How much time in any given week do I actually spend on research? It's not the majority of my time. In fact, it is a very small percentage of my time. Right. So can I define myself as a researcher if most of my job is not research? So what do you guys think? No. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I totally agree that I, I, you know, so since you started talking about this question, I've been thinking about, well, how do I define myself? Am I more of a teacher, more of a researcher? Do I just say, no, I'm a blend of the two or some other, other category? And so I, I think the most obvious thing is to think about, well, what do we, what do I do? What do I spend most of my time doing? And, and yeah, like you said, it's most of my time is spent um, teaching or preparing for teaching or doing something um, related to, to teaching um, or, you know, meeting with students about the classes and so on. Um, and so, you know, if you look at just the time spent, then yeah, I think it would be, at least for me, it would be definitely teaching. But I don't know that that means that's how I have to identify myself. Um, you know, like I spend a lot of time watching TV and I wouldn't say I identify myself as a TV watcher. Um, you know, so I think I don't, I, know, yeah. I don't think TV or the amount of time by itself is just the, the way yeah, that we would, we would do it. I think it's okay to, you know, blur right. those lines. I think my knee-jerk reaction is that I still like cling to identifying myself as a researcher of X and my maybe more nuanced argument, maybe not, is that by having expertise in that area, it's shaping everything else that I do. Um, and like, even though I teach a survey course on, on personality, it's flavored by my area of expertise. Uh, so today I talked about, you know, mate retention behavior, which is like my bread and butter in terms of research. And I talked about how there's individual differences in that and how it varies. Um, so I think I would maybe still cling to it. Maybe that's wrongheaded of me, but I wonder if that's enough of a justification to say like, I'm a researcher of X, although I do these different things, it's shaping everything else that I do. So maybe I'm, I'm like the most extreme of the bunch. Like I would absolutely say, like, no, I'm, I'm a researcher um, yeah. because I, when I think about how I define myself, I think about what are the core interests that I have. Um, so not necessarily like what eats up most of my time. Cause I think we'd all agree like teaching and mentoring students probably eats the majority of our time. But I think about like, what is the thing that if I had total freedom of my time, like what would I want yeah. to spend that yeah. on? And I'm like, no, I want to, I want to spend that on, on research. Like I enjoy teaching. I enjoy mentoring, but my, my, my first love, uh, is is definitely research. So I I would like very strongly define myself and identify as a researcher. Yeah. I so again when I was thinking about this, one of the things I thought about was basically like because you were saying like if you had unlimited time, I was thinking like, well, what would I do for free? So would I would yeah. if, if nobody was paying me, would I watch Game class? of Thrones? Watch Game of Thrones. So there you go. <laughs> if nobody was paying me, would I teach the classes? And I don't know. I mean, I like teaching. I don't get me wrong. I do really like teaching. But if they weren't paying me, I don't know if I would do it. But research, I'd probably do that for free. I actually really enjoy the research process. I would do that for nothing because I want to do it and I want to figure out the answer to these questions. I want. I mean, that's why I spend a lot of time like thinking about. Yes, during my my day, I spend most of the time actually doing like teaching activities but when I'm at home I'm thinking more about research and thinking more about just kind of research related mm -hmm. ideas whether it be specific to my projects or just kind of open science ideas in general and so with that sort of stuff like no I, I definitely focus more on, on research yeah that I feel like that's a good metric like what what would you do for free or for very little money and when I think about that like no no I would not I would not teach for free I would however do research for free like absolutely like I would all day work on on this stuff because it's what I enjoy. Um, and uh, when I think about 
just like what would my life be like without my my research like i would actually be sad like retirement is oh, not yeah. something that i terribly want to do obviously i'm on super early career so, <laughs> so like you know wait for it i guess yeah. uh but when i think about like do i have a i always joke with my students like my retirement plan is is to die uh, but that's 50 percent joking because like my generation got screwed and like we're never going to get to retire uh and 50 percent that i actually don't want to retire i always want to be doing research because it's something that i i deeply enjoy and i i define not just myself professionally but i think in a deep way like who i am as a person as a researcher yeah one of the um, faculty members at iowa um when i was at iowa he um i'm doing air quotes retired um <laughs> and then um you know since then i think he's still gone to every single um, judgment decision making conference he's still publishing i mean it's just like insane how active he still is um but i just it, it, I, I think it's that exact thing of like he he enjoys what he's doing. He, he collaborates with a lot of people, which I think can be really enjoyable. Um, and so, yeah, he, it, it, you know, it's, that's what he wants to do. That's his love. And so I guess technically he's doing it for free because, I mean, he's still affiliated with the university, but I don't think he's getting paid to do it. He's not drawing like an emeritus salary? Or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Academics never die. They just <laughs> become emeritus. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've known... Oh, I cut you off. No, uh, I, I've known some folks that do that as well. Like they, they kind of like pseudo-retire work. Yeah. On paper, they're no longer teaching or anything like that, but they're still doing research. Uh, and I know some folks that have actually like up their research after they quote unquote retired. Um, one of whom was a historian of psych, so it was kind of a different variety of research, but nonetheless was doing research. And that seems awesome to me. Like that seems really appealing. So I think that goes back to your frame of it, Monroe, where it's like, what would you do for free, or what would you do if like you had your druthers? And I think for me, it would be research as well. So, okay. so you all define yourselves as researchers. And you don't. No. So that, but that's. But I was saying what I enjoy the most, yeah. and then we said what we spend the most time. Yeah. But I still, I don't know that that still answers the question of what we or what I identify what's, as. What's your identity? Uh, Tell well, me right I'm, now. I'm, so well, that's that. That gets to um, is it context dependent? So if if somebody asks me what I do. I actually change my answer depending on who it is. Same here. So, uh, you know, some people, if I, like, I know this sounds bad, but if I, like, you know, I'm never going to talk to them again, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I teach classes at the university. Um, but if it's somebody who knows more about research or something like that, then I might talk about how, oh, you know, I'm a professor and I do research in these particular areas. And so I kind of change what I say depending on the, the context of the person asking me. But is that because you change your belief or because you don't want to have the follow-up conversation that inevitably follows that you say, oh, I'm a researcher of psychology. And they're like, oh, I bet you know what I'm thinking now. So is that is that like <laughs> yeah. self-preservation yeah. or is it actually shifting your identity? No, that's a, yeah, and that's what I don't, I don't know. I don't have a, apparently I don't have a strong identity. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I, I think that part, definitely, I mean, I know part of it is because I want to, um, <laughs> I want to get out of the conversation as quickly as yeah. possible. Um, I just want to, um, you know, speak to the level that they'll be interested. And so if I see some kind of spark of interest, I can definitely give more information about, oh, in addition to teaching, I do this. Right. But a lot of times I don't get that spark of interest and they just want to like, you know, ask me the question and then move on with their life as well. So you mean like as an academic, you view the doe-eyed masses as too dumb to understand <laughs> what it is that 
that you do. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. I mean, that'll actually come into play with the other questions I have later. Like that, our percent does does it matter how we identify ourselves, and does that influence how other people perceive us? Does it do us a disservice to identify as a teacher? Because then, if I'm a, if I'm a teacher, I'm only teaching nine hours a week. What the hell do I do all the rest of the time? And does that do us a disservice? But I don't want to get to that yet. Yeah. Twyla, you even said, "How do you? Who, what do you identify as?" Like when you when your um, uh, former student asked you that question, what did you say? So I I mean I sort of came at it from the same angle you ended up with. Um, what would I do for free? Mm-hmm. I thought about what I was passionate about, and um, and I, and I was able to identify some common threads in all the areas: teaching, research, and service. That are the things, the parts of those jobs that I like, right. I guess. Yeah. And so at this point, I the way I tend to define myself is that I train researchers. And so I do that when I teach, I teach right now, I teach primarily lab and professional development courses at the undergrad and grad level. And then I mentor students at the undergrad and grad level. And then I provide training, stats training and consultation to faculty. And all of those are ways that I've found to sort of um, express my passion, I guess, which is, I don't consider myself entirely passionate about it, but a passion in terms of training people to, um, to do good science. Mm. And so I like doing research. Don't get me wrong. I continue to do research. I like, um, the work that we're doing, but I don't consider it a big part of my identity. I consider it part of my identity, but I wouldn't say I'm a researcher. Right. So do you see do you think of identity as being more transient? So you said like right now you're training people. And so right now your identity is this, or do you, do you see identity? So when I think of like my identity, like it's, it's sort of like my deep identity is that I'm a researcher, but the way that you described identity was more in terms of what's kind of going on right now and defining you. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Like if I, if you like jumped in front of me in the hallway and said, what are you? (laughs) (laughs) Then I would say I'm a legal psychologist. Um, But then that doesn't actually answer the question about research versus service versus Mm -hmm. teaching or whatever. Um, And so maybe I do see it is more transient. I do definitely see that I define myself differently when I first got here than I do now. Like I've evolved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, hundred percent agree right when I started first few years I would would have been hundred percent researcher and you know teaching is just something that you know I have to do um, but then over time I start to enjoy it and then right. I agree like you talking about um, training researchers and and um, thinking about the mentoring that we do I mean that's been another thing that I've really enjoyed doing which is obviously related to research but it's not actually the research that we're doing it's almost like sometimes using that research that we're doing as a way to train you know the next generation of researchers I think this idea of like identity evolving is important because as you said that I was thinking back to like when I was on the job market or when I was applying to graduate school and like honestly being on the job market felt like a little bit of an identity crisis Yeah. because I applied you know everywhere I could everywhere from like a liberal arts college all the way up to R1s to postdocs like I just casted the widest net I could possible Um, and you know maybe if I had gone to a different 
school or wound up in a postdoc, I might identify myself differently. Uh, I'm happy that I wound up where I wound up where I did because I do think that that's the closest thing to what uh, my identity was prior to casting that wide net and applying the jobs. Uh, but I do think it still has tweaked. And I mean, being a graduate student, you're teaching like one, maybe two courses. Now I'm teaching, you know, two or three regularly. And like you were saying, Smith, it, it's changed. And, you know, I started out like you. I was like, yeah, research is what I want to do. I'll do teaching if I have to. But now I'm starting to see that I like teaching. I like teaching certain things. I wouldn't say that I like teaching everything broadly. Um, but yeah, I think it, it does. it does change and it does adapt. Um, and hopefully you can kind of find some consistency with a little bit of room to move around. Um, but yeah, I think there is room to move. Yeah, I completely agree. I think if I ended up in an R1, I would, we, and we were having this conversation, I probably would ident- identify differently. I would right. find myself differently. Yeah. And it would still be genuine. Yes. Right, so right. I think... As a social psychologist, <laughs> I would support that and say that... As a personality psychologist, by... it's also true, yeah. 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 No, yeah. No, I mean, but, and, and, I mean... No, I think what I heard was that situations override personality. personality. Yeah, that, that, that's are, what I heard. It's both, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, slight aside, did you see that uh, um, paper um, that came out with that was replicating a whole bunch of the personality um, studies? It was like, I don't know, like 100 different personality like uh, studies findings. Personality change? Uh, no, it was looking at the relationship between personality and a lot of um, uh, like uh, real life. Um, oh, outcome? No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, the, something like seventy something or rather of them uh, um, replicated. Um, so there we go. Yeah, but there was. Ouch. Yeah, as a as a social psychologist, <laughs> yeah. like that hurts. It was interesting. I mean, that's great for personality <laughs> psychology. It, it was the really interesting um, uh, discussion about it, though, um, and this actually in a weird way gets into identity because the way that people um, view that differed depending on their essentially identity. A lot of the social psychologists oh. were saying like, oh, hey, social psychology is garbage and look at personality is wonderful. The personality researchers were actually a little <laughs> bit harsher yeah. and because yeah. a lot of them were saying, well, yes, technically, um, I forget what it was, but let's just say like, you know, 75% of them had p-values that, that were less than 0.5 when all the rest of them did, right. um, but the effect sizes were much smaller okay. and they yeah. actually related it to reliability of measures and so if you looked at the like viewing it as like test retest reliability it was actually fairly poor um, right. so I don't remember what it was but that was like 0.4 and so they said like well if you had a personality measure that the reliability was 0.4 you'd say well that's garbage let's get rid of it that's Myers-Briggs level yeah yeah, yeah. so it was really yeah. it was interesting depending on who was talking about it yeah. different people were having different perspectives but I thought that the people in the area in the personality area were slightly harsher about right. it I mean they still were happy of course it was still a good thing yeah um, but yeah, yeah that's an aside yeah I'll have to look at it yeah um, alright so I was gonna um, mention something but I'm completely blanking on you what you raised was. a question about if people call you a teacher oh yeah that's not what you said no that, yeah yeah um, so getting back to that why do we care? Does it matter how we identify? And so, so I can imagine for ourselves, okay, maybe it, it matters. Like we want to have a strong identity. I actually don't think I care much. Like my identity seems to change and, and over time it changes. I don't really care much, but, um, that doesn't matter how we're perceived by others. If we um, identify as one thing or another, is it good? Is it bad? Does it even change? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I will. So I have two thoughts. One is, um, 
so anytime I go, so my family, um, they are not academics. They don't, they mostly have high school degrees. Right. Um, and, uh, so they don't quite understand like, what does a PhD mean? What right. does it take to get a PhD? All of those factors. And so when I go home, the easiest thing to say, especially to my nieces and nephews is I teach college students. Right. And every time I say it, there's like a little, little I get a little squirm, a little chill on my spine <laughs> because I feel like it's disingenuine. I get right. back to what I said earlier. Like, I feel like if I just say I teach college students, I do, but I, I, I feel like it implies that as a professor, I spend most of my time in the classroom and then it perpetuates a misunderstanding, not just for me of what I do, but more about the field. It perpetuates this misunderstanding of what professors do. Right. And so I still haven't been motivated to correct that in any way, but I feel a little weird about it. Yeah, I mean, a related idea, I, I um, always, they always often um, correct, not correct people, but when people ask, like, what I'm doing over the summer, um, I oftentimes will elaborate there. So I don't avoid interactions with others, apparently. Right. And that, that's something I do feel a little bit passionate about because, you know, they assume and, you know. You, you go into your coffin and you yeah. hibernate <laughs> for <laughs> the summer. For the three months and then we come out. And, that's, yeah. yeah, that's what that's we do. Pasty as ever. Yes. Yeah. What'd you say? Pasty as ever. Pasty as ever. Well, that's true. Um, But yeah, I mean, they assume that, yeah, we have the whole summer off. And I guess technically that's possible, um, but that's not the reality that I see. I mean, even if, you know, obviously teaching summer classes, um, most of us here do typically. um, But even beyond that, I mean, we use that time for writing, or at least that's what I use it primarily for. And um, it tends to be a very productive time. And it's like mildly depressing that speaking about um, doing work that we're not getting paid for um, but you know I mean that's all work off the clock that we're not getting paid for for doing that but I mean that's what I enjoy and I want to get the um, research out and it, it gives me that time to focus on it that I don't feel like I have sustained time um, during the um, during the regular semesters um, but anyway back to the point of like I, I oftentimes correct people to try to um, get them to understand so that, that yeah I mean we do have the summer off but we're also typically doing a lot of work and most people are doing work over the summer. Most professors are doing work over the, the summer. Um, so I think there is something to be said about correcting um, um, impressions that other people might have. So I, I have two thoughts that are, I guess, paradoxical. Um, so on, on the one hand, I think that we should be careful. So I would also say, so if someone's like, oh, you, you know, you're a teacher, I'd be like, no, I, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a professor uh, because a professor, like part of my job is to teach and part of my job is to, to profess, profess uh, to be an expert in a particular uh, research field. Uh, but I, I worry a little bit that the aversion to being called a teacher um, to some degree devalues what what it is that the teachers do. So I, I worry a little bit so uh, that um, disliking being called a teacher reflects like some type of attitudes that that, that we might have our, our implicit attitudes maybe about about the value of of teaching maybe maybe not maybe we are maybe we're not but but my 
But I, but I think we should be really careful not to say, like, well, I don't, I'm not a teacher because like in inherent in that statement is sort of like, I'm better than that. And I, and I think we should be really careful yeah. about so, that. Which I, I would agree with, but you could also have the other perspective of we shouldn't call ourselves teachers because we're not trained in how to teach. Yeah. We don't have the training that that actual teachers get. I, I think you're overestimating the training that actual teachers get. So speaking uh, of having these negative attitudes, <laughs> yeah. uh, there we go. So that gets to that paradoxical uh, idea that you're talking no, about. No, I mean, I, I, went, I went to a, uh, I went to, to Illinois State, a normal college, uh, that like one of the major goals is to train teachers. And it turns out that like plenty of like grade school uh, and high school teachers are, are not terribly well trained to teach. Um, so, yeah. so like... But I think even it, like they are trained a, more than professors, though. Yes, to be fair, yeah. Side quality of yes. training issues. Yes. I think I agree with you that I do feel like I shouldn't throw myself into the same category as teachers who devote themselves, you know, sixty hours a week to training or, or to teaching students whatever topic they're teaching when they have even less resources than yeah. we do. Right. And and um, and more demands. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, like, I don't feel like it's condescending. I mean, I could see how it would be interpreted yeah. that way, um, but I don't. I'm not intentionally condescending yeah. when I. I don't. Like, no. that's just not my gig. Yeah, no, and I and I, and I agree, and I don't think people uh, classically lump professors in with teachers. So right. when you think about, uh, so in the U.S., there have been a number of teacher strikes, and there's been a big push for teacher pay. No one is pushing. <laughs> <laughs> for like college professors to yeah, get additional right. pay, yeah. um, and so so I think like that is so like when we think of teachers, and no one can see the air quotes because podcast. Uh, when we think of, of teachers, like college professors are not included in that category. I think in, in the sort of folk notion, because when we say like teachers deserve better pay, like no one means college professors, right? But I think you're right. I think there is there are some people who would interpret. Yeah. If we separate ourselves from teachers, there might be people who interpret yeah. it. And maybe people who mean it, too, to be sort of yeah. uh, hierarchical. Yeah. Well, okay. I was uh, just going to add just one real thing to that, too. Even if it's not um, um, uh, condescending towards teachers, some people might interpret it, our reluctance to call ourselves teachers that we, uh, as us saying we don't like to teach. But that's also not true. I would say I actually okay. enjoy teaching. Right. So, I mean, that's the the, the concern. Um, but, I mean, again, that gets a little bit to the idea of, like, well, does it matter how we define ourselves but anyway yeah. okay, off, sorry. no 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 you're, you're fine so so the the sort of first like we should be careful about not dissing teachers is sort of the, the first side of it so like maybe maybe we should be fine with with being called teachers is is the sort of one side of my argument the other side of the argument is that i think actually titles do matter a lot but they matter they matter differently for different people um, so like as a I am a white male straight uh, professor and so like, I think that like by virtue of my demographics I'm imbued with a certain amount of privilege like call me whatever because it doesn't diminish my status right. Right. Um, in other contexts I, I worry that uh, so my argument like yeah we should absolutely insist on being called like doctor or um or, you know, professor, because other demographic groups are not granted the status that I think they, they ought to be. Um, so, like, as, as a, again, as a male, like, 
I might be less worried about exactly what the label is that gets applied to me. But I think that that is in virtue of the fact that like I get status regardless. Right. Um, and so I think that like maybe we should be like really careful about what we want to be called because some people in our profession aren't male or aren't white or aren't straight. Um, and uh, so don't get the type of status that white straight men get by virtue of like yeah. just being them. I, yeah, I would agree. There's got to be a gendered component to that in terms of perceptions of others. And, and there might be even... Um, um, in terms of other people being asked, they might be more likely to call a... Uh, um, woman professor as a teacher whereas for us they might be right. more likely to mm-hmm. default to a professor or doctor or whatever it happens to be professional um, ass kicker bubble gum chewer yes that yeah. I've never been called that mm. um, but yeah no I, I think that there's definitely a, a gendered component to it um, and so we would have to be I agree that the, the, the way to combat not combat that the way to address that would be to have well we should all be kind of viewed as professor, professor. all use the you know doctor or whatever it is yep. and, and not have that kind of you know well we can not say that but then other people have to yeah I guess the only point that like I get prickly at uh, is like people can call me you know doctor professor whatever or they can call me by my first name like the only place where I actually get prickly is when people call me mister like that, that's uh, the only place where like I, I get a little like you could call me Andrew and I'm fine oh. uh, like that does not bother like in fact I prefer it I, I prefer it if my students just call me by my first name the only point where I get like a little bit grumpy is when students are, are calling like mister but I, I recognize like that generally still comes from like a place of respect and deference but that's the only place where I, I, I start to get a little bit prickly like if you're going to use an honorific use the correct honorific right. otherwise right. like just call me Andrew yeah, yeah. But that's neither here nor there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I was looking over to Twyla to see if she had any thoughts to chime in on this as maybe having a different perspective than the other three people in the room. <laughs> you mean the three white straight males? <laughs> um, well, there are a couple thoughts that I had as you were talking. Um, one is... Shut the hell up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Wow. Uh, <laughs> the second is... I think probably every semester I've been here, I have had at least one staff member on this campus tell me good luck with finals at the end of the semester. Really? Mm-hmm. Holy crap. And I say, crap. thanks, I hope I do well. <laughs> uh, I've got 400 of them to grade. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, um, so uh, it's hard for me because I, I, I look older now, um, but like I have a more youthful appearance. I'm short and I think people associate height and age in a weird way yeah. um, and I'm a woman and so intersectionality <laughs> it's hard right. to separate those um, so that was one thought I had was that I don't know how much of that is because I'm a woman and how much of that is for these other factors um, I will say that when people call me Mrs. I, uh, I murder just yeah murder <laughs> murder red yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. I just, all the murder I just uh, I, I struggle to sort of professionally <laughs> and respectfully correct that because it drives me crazy. Um, 
I think it happens more in the South, too. Right. So that's a thing. Like, I had a student the other day tell me uh, very, I mean, she was being nice. We were talking right after class, and she was like, I'm sorry I'm asking so many questions. I'm sure you want to get home and be with your boyfriend. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Andy's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) He has bedroom eyes. (laughs) He's short like me. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it there's so much wrapped into this discussion of titles that I don't think we give enough like in the like, you know, t- tweets. It's impossible yeah. to recognize the nuance, but there's a lot wrapped in there about like sexuality, age, experience, all of those things. I don't know where to go with that. Yeah. No, I mean, but again, it's all wrapped up in this idea of identity and, right. and how that's kind of influencing both, again, how we view ourselves, but then how other people view us. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, just to add one more thing, I am more comfortable on campus now. When I first got here, I was very, I was more formal. Now I'm more comfortable. Just I tell my students they're free to call me Twyla. I'm fine with that. Or they can call me Dr. Wingrove or they can call me Professor Wingrove. Those are their options. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> And that's fine. But what I have noticed is that my behavior has changed with more transactional relationships. So hotels and airlines and those Uh, kinds of things. I'm much more likely to put doctor uh, in there now because when I get to the counter and they treat me like a 12-year-old, I get even angrier now. Mm -hmm, Like I'm less tolerant of it. And so I am much more thoughtful about putting doctor so that when I get to that counter, they'll treat me like an adult with an IQ above 100 and then we just like you know adultify yeah yeah. (laughs) but this is why I I think that this is really important because like the idea of identity the idea of sort of titling is not it's not something that, that that's neutral that I think that it's something that affects people differently regard uh, regarding or pertaining to like their in this particular case like their their gender um, the op- so I have the opposite experience I am often Mr. Goldsmith um, when I because like my my wife uh, does all of the the bookings for all of the things because uh, she's far more organized than I am uh, and so like whenever we check in I'm, I'm Mr. Goldsmith but the thing the, the point is like but that does doesn't it doesn't sting me in the same way again because like i just have i have status in virtue of like what i am and and so i think that like we if we were gonna like err i think it would be better to err on the side of like really enforcing the like we are doctors we are professors um because i think that protects people who are likely to get slighted um and, and so I think, like, maybe that's an error, but I think it, it's the better error to make. Yeah. yeah. Well, that sort of goes back to, so, um, thinking about my identity and, and um, you know, not necessarily thinking of myself as, like, a teacher for all the reasons that we talked about, but then also with, like, researcher, that was, I definitely think that is part of my identity, and, and um, it, before I would definitely um, identify as that, but as time has gone on, it's changed a little bit, thinking about uh, mentoring and how important that is. And I kind of like took the cop out of that, like my identity as a professor, like that's just what it is, is because yeah. it, it, it ca- 
captures all of those different things. And at different times, it might be more of one and less of the other. Um, you know, have a course release, so I'm teaching less. And then, so I don't have a course release, then I'd be teaching more. And um, so it's not about how much we're doing it, or, or what we're spending our time doing. It's not just about what I want to be doing, because I think it is important to acknowledge all of these other things that I right. also have to do um, for into thinking about perceptions from other people. And so really, I just, I, again, I know it's a cop-out, but I was thinking of like, no, I just identify as a professor. That's mm-hmm. what I do. So I want to push back on that a little bit. I yeah. think professor is not a cop-out. <laughs> um, and this goes a little bit back to what you were saying, Twyla, about when you're introducing yourself or you're describing what you do to your family, uh, you say teacher. I've taken the approach sometimes of saying I'm a researcher. And I do that in part because I don't want the questions like, oh, are you reading my mind? Do you know what I'm saying right now? Like those stupid things that come along with being a psychologist. But often when I say I'm a researcher, I wonder if people are thinking like, oh, well, I do research on the Internet. Are they doing the same thing? And my partner and I have talked about that a lot because we see our friends and other people saying like, I researched this subject and now I know everything about this and I'll refrain from saying certain things because there, there are certain things I might have some bias about like the keto diet um, vaccines. <laughs> vaccines yeah um, but yeah people say like oh I do research all the time and I think sometimes in the same way that we might conflate what a teacher is for someone and especially in today's age when they have the internet and they're kind of internet savvy when you say you're a researcher they might be conflating that mm-hmm. so I would say that by saying a professor, you could make a stance that it's bringing in enough of the teaching aspect and enough of the research aspect, and it's still carrying some of that status. So we avoid that problem of having people at you know different levels just based on a, a demographic, despite having the same education and the same experience. I I think we should we should change it. We should just call ourselves like we are acolytes of knowledge and truth. There you go. That rolls right off the tongue. What are you? Uh, I'm an acolyte of knowledge and truth. Yeah. Uh, ant. I'm an ant. Yeah. Uh, R-K-A-N-T. I'm an ant. Yeah. Uh, no, that doesn't doesn't quite. Uh, scholar. I'm a scholar. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. acolyte of knowledge and truth would help with me of avoiding the conversations. Yeah, no one's no one's going to ask you right after there. that. Like, there would be no follow up there. Right, acolyte of knowledge and truth. No, fair okay. boy. Okay. If we did episode titles in the form of albums, that would be a really good name for this episode. There you go. Acolytes <laughs> of knowledge and truth. There There's the title right yeah, there. Yeah. I do worry though if you call yourself a professor, like Chris, you were saying that that brings teaching and research into it, but you have to have an understanding of what being a right. professor. Right. Yeah. Right. You have to have some like yeah. familiarity with the college yeah. campus environment, and so some people probably still wouldn't get that. Yeah, and yeah. I think that, but that goes to like, I mean, and I'm calling myself out on this too of not being lazy of like, you know, also working to educate people so yeah. they do understand. So you know, when we do complain about you know salary or whatever, they understand of like, oh wow, okay, you guys do a lot because you do have the teaching, but then you also have the research, but then you also have the service, and you might even have um, other responsibilities as well and so so i think that edu- you know the only way to get around that would be to educate people of like well what does a professor do but i the other thing i'm mindful of is town gown relations i don't know if you guys ever think about this but if i'm in town and like let's say i'm at the grocery store and somehow somehow it comes oh. up what do you do i don't even i just say i work at the university 
Right, I don't right. even say that I'm a mm. professor or I teach or anything. I just say I work at the university because I want to not be perceived as hoity-toity. Right. Okay. Now I want to go full hoity-toity. Yeah. No Pinky in the ear. <laughs> yeah. I, I have. I have my scotch. I drink it with my pinky in the air. I have. Yeah. No. Well, but no, I mean, full I think that could be problematic, though. So if you're choosing to do that, and then you know the three white guys in the room are like, "No, we're professors." Now we get this guys, that. Check out my elbow patch. That perception. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my pipe. <laughs> yeah. They get the perception of like, oh, okay. So I, I want to say that I don't have either of those things, but yeah. I do. Uh, I don't have elbow patches. But. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think it's. Um, I'm not helping the sisterhood. Yeah. You got to own it that you're a professor, yeah. and you want to. Yeah. You know. I'm gonna wear. You are the hoity-toity. I'm gonna get t-shirts. Yeah. And just wear them all the time. It just says professor on it. Professor. professor. JD PhD. There you go. Bitch. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's that Jay Z song? I haven't passed passed the bar, but I know a little bit. You've passed the bar, and you know a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might not be Jay Z. Anyway. Okay, I'm gonna change it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just tell everyone. I think we we need those T-shirts. I'm I think. Just gonna walk out yeah. and down the I, I think. Hey, I'm, I'm a professor. That that's the message of this pod. Like, we need to get T-shirts. Like, I'm a professor, bitch. Yeah. Or wallets. Uh, or wallets. We could be like Samuel L. Jackson, bad motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever be like Samuel L. Jackson. No, no, I, no. Yeah. That, that's conflating multiple identities. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I don't know. It seems like we're kind of winding down here. Um, any last uh, comments or anything? No, I don't think we got any singing from you today. We we did not. Any commercial? No, 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 no commercial either. Listen. Sorry. All right. Uh, I got I got nothing. They All call right. me Doctor Tibbs. I don't know that word. Wait, really? Like they call me Mister Tibbs? Like the old nineteen? All right. Well. For our for our aged listeners, our, our well well aged listeners, they'll get that joke. All right. Yeah, they're they're just or laughing hysterically right now. <laughs> so sick. good, like yeah. you you don't you don't even know. <laughs> we should cut this out. <laughs> All right. Every episode, there's at least one joke I don't get, so I don't know what that says about me. Oh, like last week, there was some Star Wars, or Star, Star Trek. Trek <laughs> they're all the same. They're all stars. I don't yeah. know. Star Battlestar <laughs> Galactica <laughs> Trek. Yeah. Like, Space. Yeah. <laughs> Space. Uh, other listeners are just shut off, right? What? They don't know the difference between Star Wars and Star Wars. Well, I didn't say they. Oh, I will cut yes, you. I, know, I will yeah. cut you. I do know the difference. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah. I, I go on the record saying whatever. One is a space opera that is worthwhile, and the other one is just a bunch of jerks floating through space. All right. And I'll let people again. I say that's like whatever. a projective test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. All right. So you more closely identify with Star Wars, is what you're saying? I like the little I didn't say that. guys. The Ewoks, yeah. 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 Yub yub. I identify with Ewoks. It's Jub Jub, man. Is it Jub Jub? I think. No, it might be Halo. I, I think it's Yub Yub. I think it's Halo. <laughs> We have gone. Totally wicked, wicked, wicked's the Ewok. Wicked. Yeah, w- wicked's the Ewok yes. that saves the day. Yeah, I want to be wicked. Oh, but that, uh, yeah, we have totally gone off the rails. Uh, yes. So thank you. Did you know that the same person who plays Wicked uh, is Willow? And Willow, the movie. No. That's all I got. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm really not sure if that's true. Well, if you've made it this far, you learned something about Ewoks and Willow, and then hopefully you, I don't know, 
thought about your identity. Thought about your identity, yes. So thank you for listening. Uh, This has been uh, Marginally Significant, and we'll talk with you next time. Thank you for listening to Marginally Significant. We'd love to hear if you have comments, questions, or any feedback about today's episode. You can message us on Twitter at MarginallySig. Our email address is MarginallySig at gmail.com. And there's a contact form on our website, which is MarginallySig.com. However you contact us, we'll be sure to reply. Uh, If you're interested in supporting the show, we'd also love getting reviews on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And finally, uh, you can post about the show on Twitter, Facebook, or any other social media platform that you use. However you support the show, we really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.